Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. This is Band from Ringside. Tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast, it is Royal Rumble week. It's like a rock concert and wrestling all in one. We're going to be talking about giving you our predictions for this year's Royal Rumble. We'll also be going back in time to the 1992 Royal Rumble for a, you know, a, what we usually call the takeover do-over, but now it's the Rumble do-over. And we're also going to be talking about the Wednesday Night Wars, that, and a whole bunch more tonight on the Band for Ringside podcast. Ditch that nine to five. It's time to feel alive. Hello, Mark. So welcome to the Band for Ringside podcast. As always, I'm your host, Bill Vagie, a.k.a. Heel and Heat Shrimp. And out there in Edwardsville, <laughs> Illinois, we have two beers. Zach Poland. What's going on, two beer? That's great. Oh, man. I'm just over here uh, trying to figure out how GameStop only wants to give me $3 for my video game but i'm trying to give them my entire life savings right now sure yeah <laughs> and uh, you know if you would have invested uh, you know fifty thousand dollars you would have made a, a million and then you'd have to sell at the right time before those greedy fucking gordon geckos came back and got all their money back and to my left we have jason cornelius bell what's going on jcb allow us to bow our heads as i read from the latest edition of the band from ringside podcast volume 190 chapter 3 verse 14 and the good smart saith hashtag boo the heels it is all good baby listen share subscribe repeat interesting week this week at least uh royal rumble week the bill for royal rumble not so interesting to look back on 1992 definitely was so i'm looking forward to that and looking forward to doing predictions for royal rumble a little different this week we'll jump onto that later on in the uh the royal rumble uh portion of the program so yeah let's do this shit i like the new way that we're gonna do it basically because i came up with it but um <laughs> no okay <laughs> no, no. I, That's I, I, <laughs> he changed the idea I, I did, he didn't I just did. all of a sudden oh let's build well, this from scratch you know we usually end up coming up with a lot of the same answers when we true story to, no so I, I have no problem with this so I, I had to actually do some homework on be this a little one. bit more fun we're coming at you from south city st louis in my basement uh, Royal Rumble is, you know, Royal Rumble used to kick off the road to WrestleMania. That's the way we always thought of it. Now, I just kind of think of Wrestle Kingdom through WrestleMania as being, it's it's a third of the year, but it's definitely, it's the best time for wrestling fans, I would say. Wouldn't you say, Zach? I mean, <laughs> yes and no. You just couldn't answer. You just couldn't be... You just had to be contrarian, didn't you? You just, just had to shit on it because WWE was a part of it. If you would have just left the New Japan, you would have just went uh, right along with it. With that. That's the last time I go. That's the last time I go to Zach for. One of those. I was going to uh, say that's hey. a layup. You just like, eh, I'm not scoring. <laughs> Fuck that. Somebody else can score. Oh, Don't it's you, out of bounds. Fuck. How, about, how about this? <laughs> Don't you agree, Jason? <laughs> yeah, man. I was going to say it's, it's going to be a great time. You know, Royal Rumble is one of my favorites, uh, if not my favorite WWE pay per view of the Big Four. Wrestle Kingdom's always going to deliver, and then obviously you have the crown jewel of WrestleMania at the end. So yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how they going to play this thing out. 
sure, for sure. That's some pro shit, Jason. Thank hey, you very much. that's what much. I do. Why don't you tell us about F&B Eatery? <laughs> F&B Eatery on the corner of 3453 Southampton and Marquette, home of the famous smash burger you never heard of. Check them out on uh, social media. That's a great place to start figuring out what you are going to get when you pick that thing up. Uh, all F&B Eatery uh, on Facebook, Twitter, and on Instagram. Instagram, especially me, because I'm a visual type of person. I like to see the food before I actually eat it. Great pictures, just melting your mouth burgers. Trust me, I know I've been there multiple times. So why don't you do yourself a favor, slide on in and effort be eatery and tell them the band from Ringside sent you. Also, uh, we're going to talk about beer, Bill's Beard Company this week. Uh, my wife has started branding the beard oils that she has made me for years, and ever since I started using these beard oils, I've been getting tons of compliments. Like people said, oh. When did your, like, your beard look so much better than it used to? Because sometimes it would get kind of, you know, unruly and stuff. But it's called Bill's Beard Company, and the logo is a silhouette of yours truly. Um, it's pretty good. The beard oil condition. Must be a pretty fucking big bottle of beard oil. See, see, see. Unbel- wow. Unbelievable. Okay, he, he on one tonight. I see that already. He was really, really fired up. <laughs> Listen, guys, she can make custom scents. Uh, my favorite is the Woodsman, you know, because it makes me feel rustic and, you know, kind of sexy, you know, all at once. You believe sexy that? Bastard, I, I looked right at Jason when I said that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm just bouncing it right back. <laughs> so uh, the bomb does the same thing. It's a thicker paste to help shape the beard. These are all great. Uh, she also sells uh, beard shampoo. I'm telling you, if you guys like this, it's great stuff. Hit me up. Uh, we'll give you the details. We can ship it anywhere in the world, or you can do a local pickup here in South City, St. Louis. So get yourself some Bill's Beard Company. Get yourself some F&B Eatery. Tell them the band from Ringside sent you. I'll know. I mean, I'll know that band from Ringside sent you if you come here and get it. But anyway, right. without further ado, let's get to that three count. One, two, three. JCB, kick it off. Since we're going to talk main roster last, we're going to jump to the Wednesday Night Wars first. Uh, I'll take the NXT part. Um, NXT for me this week was actually pretty good. Um, my expectations will go for both episode or both shows for the Wednesday Night Wars this week. Just on the NXT side, I think for me the biggest takeaway would be the the teasing, dare I say, of the possible undisputed era with Finn Balor, for me, I don't think it's going to happen. I just think it's just it's there to kind of tease uh, the NXT universe, so to speak, of what could be. I think if you were going to do it, the impromptu match with AJ Styles and Finn Balor uh, a couple years ago, I think that was Survivor Series, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, that was the time to do it, and they passed on it, obviously. I'm going with the assumption that Vince – decided that it's not his creation so he's not going to do it even though that was probably free merch out of his out the ass but he just made a billion dollars this week but that's another story for another time anyway um i like the fact that there's still kyle o'reilly is being kind of woven into the pete dunn um finn bauer storyline i'm assuming that they're going to have a title match at takeover we'll just have to wait and see on that um, another kind of takeaway with the the beatdown on Pete Dunn is when Undisputed Era came out to make the quote unquote save. 
they weren't really in much of a rush to get down to that ring. They were walking down that ramp. And I was like, damn, I watched this shit. And I'm like, now, if this is Kyle O'Reilly, I'm sure they're running. This is Finn Balor. They're taking their time on the way down there. You know, they didn't really hit anybody. They just kind of made sure that Kyle O'Reilly was made, you know, protected at that point and ran the uh, the Kings of NXT off. So something else to kind of take away from that. From there, uh, we had some dusty classic uh, tournament matches. MSK, once again, looking solid over uh, Killian Dane and Drake Maverick. I'm kind of glad that they put the the comedy segment away for a little bit there. Um, if I'm not mistaken, Grizzled Young Veterans faced – who they faced? Tell Kushida me out. Kushida and Ruff. Kushida and Ruff. That was actually a really good match. Yeah, um, ruled. I'm glad that they waited for the way to come out and attack. I knew they were it was going to come out and happen, but I waited. I'm glad they waited till the match was over. That was the best showing by the Grizzly Young Veterans since they've come back to NXT. Fair. I don't have a problem with that. Um, did I miss another Dusty match? No. Okay. No. Outside of that, I was going to say pretty standard, fair NXT. Um. Show I'm I'm sure we'll break it down a little more, but for me those were the two biggest things I can say I took away from that the continuation of the Dusty Classic number two, but number one the the tease of Undisputed Era 2.0 it, it looked good you know it made me think about you know what could it be but I just I can't see it happening I think it would just it would raise too much ire within the the wrestling community online and off you had the chance to do it you passed on it. So let's just, you know, see where this goes with Finn being the the one-man gang, so to speak. Two beers, Zach. Uh, is there a major thing that Jason left out of that recap? Uh, unfortunately, the most uh, frustrating part of the show was we didn't get to see Kurt Stallion with his cruiserweight title match because he got attacked no, he again. Didn't. Yes. That was annoying. I was like, stuck. I was like the one thing I was tuning in for. But that ma- that tag match was really good. The Grizzled Young Vets and Kashida and Ruff. I did really like that match. Um, but yeah, I was really tuning in to see uh, Kurt. And uh, yeah, just uh, totally blue balled us again. Regal seemed mad about it though, so I think he's going to get his opportunity. It's not just uh, shove, you know, kick the can down the road. But yeah, that was a bummer. No, it seems like they're actually trying to put. They're putting heat on Legado del Fantasma on – they're putting heat on them in terms of their feud with Kurt Stallion. They also gave Kurt Stallion a sit-down segment where, you know, he was getting interviewed by Mackenzie Mitchell, which uh, I thought he came across as arrogant but also kind of cool. And You thought that was arrogant? Yeah, it seemed a little – I mean, maybe it's, maybe it's just because I think that he comes across as arrogant kind of – all the time, don't you? No, no. I thought that was that was pretty, you know, babyface one on one. What do you think, Zach? Uh, yeah, I mean, I I thought, uh, yeah, it's definitely, you know, got a little bit of insight into the Kurt Stallion character for like the larger NXT audience, like for those of uh, people around the country that were not uh, watching the independent scene in St. Louis, Missouri, or Texas. <laughs> so, right. Yeah, uh, that's good. You know, because we know him, we love him, but uh, nobody else knows who this shit he is and why they should care that he's getting a title match or why uh, they should care that he got beat up backstage. You know, it's just, uh, so yeah, it's definitely good. Are you surprised they let him keep his name? Very. I am Yeah, too. a little bit. Very. 
Like I thought, like it kind of blows me away that they yeah. didn't just rename him. Yeah, because they rename everybody pretty much. I mean, August Gray was one of the guys that uh, that came up from Evolve or whatever. They renamed him. I, I mean, can't think they of- didn't. They didn't rename any of the guys from Undisputed Era, but the, they were all very well established. Yeah, I'm I sure. Mean, Adam Cole was Ring of Honor champion. Yeah, I'm shit, sure that know? they they had their. Eyes dotted and their T's crossed before they even came to WWE and, and probably had their names copywritten. But like I said, uh, just to answer the question, yeah, I'm very surprised that he got kept his, kept his name. So next week uh, we're getting that match. What the, that's what they <laughs> we say. Think. They say that we're getting Stallion versus uh, Santos Escobar. I don't see Stallion winning. They sure are, like Zach said, they sure are giving us the blue balls on it, though. It makes me think that there is some kind of angle coming down the pike if they're putting this much time in between the match. I mean, because right now we're going on like six weeks. I'm not going to disagree with that. I I wouldn't be surprised if Kurt wins and then kind of costs it back up subsequently thereafter. If they play their cards right, this should be a takeover match. It shouldn't be a next week match. They should wait until takeover and just get it done. I mean, that would be badass if it was a takeover match. I think uh, it, it. If they didn't do this week's angle, takeover is only realistically two, three weeks away. Why? So why isn't the takeover this year during the same weekend as the Royal Rumble? No answers. No. They just stopped. Like they just got off of that schedule and just kind of got on their own schedule. Um, bouncing off of what Jason said, uh, the, I thought the Finn Kyle O'Reilly stuff. I think it's really good. I think it's a really good slow burn story. You know, they're two baby faces, basically two baby faces that are have a mutual respect thing kind of going on, but they also. Don't really like each other, you know? <laughs> you broke my jaw, motherfucker. I guess it's like a, you know, I've never seen it, but is that kind of like what happened in Hobbs versus Shaw? Yes. Very much so. Okay. See? Yeah. I didn't even have to see it. Let me guess. <laughs> guess. Statham and The Rock, neither one of them dies. Is that right? Well, I mean, if you want me to spoil it, then. Uh, no, don't spoil it for the fans. Yeah, um right. Anything else about NXT? I mean, I thought it was a decent uh, show. Kieran Cross. Um, well, I should say that uh, Scarlet passing the tarot card out and it landing into oh God, whose lap did it land to Santo Escobar's lap? That was a little weird. I didn't. Well, Kieran sure. Cross can't go for the cruiserweight. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. I'm not sure where that's going per se. Um, I thought Swerve and Bronson Reed had a really solid match. Um, well, they're, was, they're done with Swerve though, right? <sighs> Zach, 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 are, Zach are they dumb with Swerve? It seems like it, which is crazy, because like I said, I've watched Swerve get over, like, easily. Uh, like, that dude gets over everywhere he goes, and it seems like they're just giving him the Jake Atlas treatment. They're just going to beat him and beat him and beat him. Yeah, he's a he's a good worker that uh, never wins, you know? <laughs> that sucks, man. I mean, at least Jake Atlas is young. Like, I mean, Swerve's not old, but like, you know, whenever I started watching MLW, Swerve was the top guy, right? And uh, was good at it. And uh, yeah, dude's got a ton of charisma, great worker. Uh, total shame. Uh, Tony Storm comes out, cuts a promo. Uh, a couple other people come out. Did 
Listen, in kayfabe style. Kayfabe style. Is Tony Storm Lance Storm's daughter? <laughs> no. <laughs> I was getting well, ready to say, I'm glad you answered that because I was I was getting ready to start talking mad shit. <laughs> like, it's just funny because Lance Storm has like is such like a stoic personality, and Tony Storm is not. Um, Tony Storm being a heel is completely stupid. I think the only reason it, she's a heel is because he is a face, and they want that feud. Uh, but it looks like they're getting into build territory and getting mm-hmm. a um, three way going on, or at least maybe a a contendership uh, match with uh, Mercedes Martinez because we had that beat down, but, uh, but yeah. Can I push back on the Tony Storm is healed stupid comment? I'll go this far. If you watch NXT UK, they were kind of leading towards this Tony heel, Tony Storm heel turn. So it's not necessarily stupid per se. If you don't watch it, then it really doesn't make sense. This heel turn just comes out of the blue. At that point, I can totally understand why you would think it's stupid. But to credit both sides on the UK side and on NXT proper, this was set up already, and they just executed it on NXT versus it being on NXT UK. But I mean, I'll push back on that a little bit just to say that NXT has has two feuds going right now. Well, not even going anymore, but like Thatcher and Ciampa was a feud that was, there wasn't really a face, wasn't really a heel. And it was just built on two guys that really wanted to beat each other's asses. That worked. The mutual respect thing between uh, Finn Balor and Kyle O'Reilly also kind of works with somebody who talks as little as Io Shirai does. I mean, you could not flip Tony Storm heel have those two have a feud, and you don't really need a, a heel and a baby face. And I know that sounds contrary to everything that I've ever said on this podcast about <laughs> heels and baby faces. <laughs> but I, I'm, she, she just doesn't seem like a heel to me. They just also have a history, and it's not the sense of like, you know, Bailey's character's not working, let's flip her heel, and then she really like shines in the role. Tony Storm would shine in either role, like she's super talented. But it's just like, yeah, it's the immediacy of doing it. Like, she had just come back. Like, you know, it's like them being contrary to what fans want. Like, Tony Storm comes back. Everybody loves Tony Storm because she's super over. Like, who wouldn't? She's great. And then they just turn her heel. And even if the seeds are playing on NXT UK, it's the same kind of thing. It's like, you know, with uh, being the elite, you know, you shouldn't necessarily have to watch being the elite to follow stories on dynamite. Right. I ain't got time to watch all this WWE product. Like Mm-mm. give me the story like on the show that you want me to see it on and don't make me, don't make me make sense of it. Right. Like don't make me do the work. Like, you know, show me show. Don't tell says the old English professor. Uh, oh, but yeah. you know, it kind of makes more, it kind of makes sense though. When you consider who her dad is though, you know, it's kind of a nature versus nurture thing where, Tony Storm is obviously she's going to get a little bit more serious as the uh, stakes get higher. You know, Lance Storm. Yeah. You, did you get it? Yeah. Everything? Okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and, I, did, I didn't know if you want me to sell it or not. <laughs> yeah, I want you to fucking sell it, dude. What are you doing? You're sitting here next to me. You're supposed to fucking sell it. I wasn't sure. <laughs> Sometimes Jason, I do it. Jason's over here fucking no sell it to me. <laughs> He keeps yelling at me. All right. Uh, anything else about NXT? No. Um, 
looking forward to next week's uh, semifinal matches. I think that's going to be well, not next week's semifinal matches. Undisputed Era and um, so that's Thatcher that, and Champa is next Ciampa week versus Undisputed Era. Is that quarterfinal match? I uh, overstepped my bounds. That should be interesting. Um, from there, we'll just we'll kind of just see where this thing goes. But yeah, uh, I thought this week's NXT was better than the week before. Let's go that far. It's I, it's it's rarely bad. I mean, uh, it kept me entertained. I, I was into it. Anything else you want to talk about, Zach? No, I mean, it was fine. It was uh, essentially, you know, a bunch of matches uh, for the Dusty Classic. Like, that's the focus right now. Yeah, and that's that's cool. No, I, I, I don't have a problem that. with that. I was going to say, men, women's and men's side. Uh, don't want to step on uh, or forget Dakota Kai and uh, Raquel Gonzalez laying the, uh, the SmackDown this week as well. So, yeah, I'm that should be the team that needs to win this Dusty Classic. I don't give a fuck about uh, no. I think they Casey will. and uh, no. That, that if they can if they lose, they'll lose next week. If they win next week, then they'll win the tournament. Who do you think is going to win the men's side? I'm I'm going to stick to what I I was kind of saying last night to myself. MSK just feels like they're going to be that team. Zach, who do you like? Yeah, MSK, because I feel like they, they brought them in for the classic. Like, they're using it to, like, make them stars. I'll take the Grizzled Young Veterans. And let's... I don't uh, have a problem with that let's, either. Let's move on to that two counts. One, two, three. Two beer, what's the two count? Uh, two count, we had uh, Dynamite last night, which, um, you know, NXT was a solid wrestling show. But I thought this one was pretty exceptional. Um we had a couple of really standout matches. Um, just the opener was a lot of fun. Eddie Kingston and Lance Archer just beating the shit out of each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, that that choke slam over the top rope onto the ring apron. Like Eddie Kingston <laughs> landed on his hip, and I was like, oh, God. I was like, that shit was uh, early. I was like, oh, <laughs> this is going yeah. left early. Damn. But as JR, I'm sure, said, uh, total slobber knocker. And, uh, Really, the match of the night, though, was uh, Jungle Boy versus Dax Harwood. I agree. Uh, that thing delivered as much as I thought it would. I mean, I, w- I was looking forward to the show for that match. Um, I had remembered from last week that they had billed it, and I was like, fantastic. And that match was everything you wanted it to be and more. And they just uh, totally killed it. Uh, Dax Harwood put him over. Uh, Jungle Boy, you know, just looks like a million bucks. He's 23 years old. It's just insane that new entrance music even you know the crowd was just singing it the entire time i can't imagine how hot a crowd like a a real deal like touring crowd how hot they would be for jungle boy um it's just crazy no i agree with that totally no i was going to say i agree with that totally i had minimal expectations for that uh dex harwood jungle boy match and then all of a sudden, I'm looking around, I'm like, okay, A, I didn't know Dax Harwood could uh, wrestle this well singles-wise, and B, we are in the, on, like, the makings of a fucking instant classic. I mean, that Joker just went from zero to 100 so quick. The next thing I know, I'm looking around, and, and you know, you got Dax Harwood doing shit off, you know, the middle and the top rope or whatever the case may be. So, yeah, I, I totally agree with both those sentiments. I thought Eddie Kingston – Getting away, I would say this in a better choice of words. The opening match, I was kind of waiting for 
Pac to come out and flip his shit because let's just call it for what it is. Lance Archer had Eddie Kingston dead to rights on multiple times at the start, at, at any point during that, well, I shouldn't say any point, but like towards the middle, toward, towards the end of that match, he could have ended it, ended it at any time, and he chose not to. And I tweeted it, and I was just like, you know, he, you know, he pulled him up from the pen. That's a mistake. And then eventually, he ended up biting him on his ass. And the other thing I was going to say about that segment, and just basically wrestling in general, baby faces are just fucking stupid. I mean, they are the dumbest motherfuckers on the planet. Lance Archer as a heel, you know, was could have been like a rocket scientist. He could do no wrong thinking. As soon as he, they start, you know, putting him towards a baby face role, now all of a sudden, you know, Jay, go back in the back, you know, doing stupid stuff like that. You're putting the whole system on trial. Sorry. I'm 1992 Royal well, Rumble. Baby faces. Baby faces are completely stupid in WWE. For sure. No, no. Ex- um, except for KO. Look, no, that's true. Except for KO, KO does not fall for shit like other baby faces do. He really doesn't. Like if if somebody's music plays and Kevin Owens in the ring in the middle of the match, he will leave the ring. He will leave the ring so that he doesn't get caught up in that shit. I would say everybody except for Kevin Owens. I agree. I'll yeah. go this far. I can guarantee you, you give AEW time, they'll do that same shit too, okay? I'm getting ready to say, who did Power Hobbs turn on? Who did Power Hobbs turn on? Uh, Cody. Yeah, okay. Me. Cody? Yeah, Cody was real trusting, and so all of a sudden he was getting his ass handed to him, right? Nobody saw that turn coming, though. Nobody. Yeah, no- in kayfabe. I mean, that's not a... That's not, a, uh, that's that's not, not the not best example. example of Cody being dumb. Look, nobody yeah, saw that coming. Anyway... Yeah, it was, uh, but yeah, all right, so we'll talk, we'll stick to this Wednesday. Uh, Bill's favorite uh, segment, I'm sure, was Darby <laughs> Allen and Sting, um, you know, in an abandoned warehouse talking about being hoodlums and breaking windows. Uh, but that's just to set up the revolution fight, so not really much to talk about. Uh, John Moxley had a great promo. Uh, I thought his promos would end up not lacking because of talent, but just lacking in kind of gravitas because he's, not the champion anymore, but now he's just like lighthearted and fun. And he's like, you know, talking about how he's a simple dude. He likes his coffee hot, his beer cold, his water room temperature and sex in the morning. And I'm just like rolling. <laughs> yeah. It was just really good shit. I got to uh, admit, I agree so anyway, with all those things. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But uh, they're going to have a six-man tag at the beach break, uh, which is not a pay-per-view, but, you know, one of those big dynamite shows. Uh, so uh, Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers against uh, Mox and the Lucha Brothers, which sounds amazing. Yeah, it sounds absolutely amazing. And Moxley no, also I put it, it over by talking about how th- much he likes six man matches. He did, but hang on. Yeah. I thought I saw on the the graphic or whatever. It's Pac, Phoenix, and Mox versus Omega and oh, yeah, the Good Brothers. Pentagon's not around. Yeah, oh, okay. that's right. Okay, that's what they say. Shit, I know I'm high all the well, time, but yeah. damn. It's like the, it's a modified death triangle. Yeah, which is yeah, fine. Still, I just... still amazing. Uh, but, yeah, he was also talking about how he didn't know who was friends and even, you know, he's kind of poking fun at the convoluted storyline, mm-hmm. you know, in a cheeky way without really talking down on it. Yeah, without, just... without bearing it. Yeah, he wasn't burying the storyline so much as he was like, uh, jet, like kind of ribbing the the dudes in the elite, right? Um, 
but uh, can we yeah, can we yeah, for a uh, second can we for a second go back to the uh, Darby Allen Sting segment? Oh yeah, <laughs> you. Yeah, I wanted to say something about that too. You, uh, you should have seen me watching that segment, watching it live. Like it looks. <laughs> I don't want to shit on it too much. Actually, I do. Yeah, you do. Go ahead. Uh, <laughs> I say, stop lying, motherfucker. Darby Allen throwing his skateboard through the window. Dude, you stole my thunder. Looks so ridiculous. Dude, you stole. No, you know why it looked ridiculous? It's because it didn't, like, go straight through solidly. Like, you know, he had some heat took behind it. It, like, it broke the glass, but then you can kind of see the skateboard hanging. It looked like that whole segment looked like the fucking the goth senior that doesn't have any friends, so he has to hang out with the freshman. And it's like the senior and the freshman are best pals, you know? You, like you'd see him around, and then they're like, "Yeah, we're hoodlums, hoodlums." And then fucking Sting breaks it with the bat. Come on, what? Okay, all right, that's it. I feel bad. I feel bad because I know how much this means to Zach. I feel bad. Strong feelings about it. That's why I glossed over it. I didn't think it was cool or like particularly bad. No, you glossed over because you know you. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe it wasn't that great. No, you know you glossed over because you know your boy was over here in the on deck circle. (laughs) Like, yeah. Oh my god. Gonna shit on this one. I couldn't. I mean, that's that. I mean that. I there's just I I can't. I, I just don't know why anybody would think that was. I don't it know was why. what it was. It, it was not very good. I, I'll say it. I'll agree with you on this one. The, the skateboard thing is where he threw it through that window, and I'm like, okay, there needed to be some, like a bunch of stunt windows. So when he threw that skateboard through that window, it just goes right through, no problem. It doesn't even <laughs> look like, you know, there's like, you know, what's the problem kind of deal. It just, and once it kind of hung up there, that threw my whole attention off, and I stopped paying attention to that segment. I ain't going to lie. Uh, okay, I'm good. I expected Sting to be out of breath after he beat the same You ain't he shit. Had to, he had to I deliver thought... a line after that. I was like, oh, he's done blew himself up. <laughs> <laughs> I thought the exact same. I'm like, damn, man, he's swinging a bat. I mean, what the fuck? He can't be that out of shape. Well, it's a, couple, a couple times he missed the window. He just yeah. kept hitting the ledge in between. It's like, dude, come stop, on, man. Stop, cut. Cut this shit. Oh, <laughs> uh, we're live. Yeah. Oh, you. <laughs> Never mind. Go, go back to Jr. Oh, yeah. It wasn't. It was not the best setup. I ain't stretching imagination. But neither was Taz on the uh, the return shot either. So it kind of is yeah, what it is. That, that wasn't that great either, especially for you know as good of a talker as he is. It just kind of fell flat. No, I, I don't even think it was the talking part. The talk Taz talking is fine. I think bullying random merch guy a because he has sting and darby gear and no team Taz gear okay well, well they did the thing they did the kevin nash ray mysterio uh dart dart yeah. yeah yeah okay ricky starks press press slamming the old boy was more impressive than uh brian cage throwing an old boy like a lawn dart ricky starks is yeah that's pretty funny yeah uh so uh Dr. Britt Breaker versus Shanna, nothing to really say there. Uh, Hangman Page versus Ryan Nemeth, which I don't know if you guys realized, or if you probably you guys probably did, but there might be people listening that know that that was Dolph Ziggler's brother. So He was uh, in NXT for a while as, like, Briley, Briley Young or something? I honestly do like not shit. remember that. 
it, it's it's just one of the worst names ever. I'll, I'll look it up. Go ahead. Sam. Good lord, it sounds, sounds brutal. Absolutely terrible. But uh, it was fine. I didn't see anything particularly great. I think that was a tryout match for him, and it was like fine, but I didn't. He didn't stand out. Um, to looks me, like, it looks know. it looks like he's cosplaying Dolph Ziggler. <laughs> like he had, a, a he had taller. Ho- he had Hollywood hunk written on his drums. Yeah. I, I, you know, it's fine. He looked like a taller Briley, Briley Pierce. He was in NXT. I don't know. I even remember yeah, that. That's, that's terrible. Yeah, that name is uh, brutal. Jericho and MJF versus Varsity Blonde. These guys always impress me. Feldman Jr. is a good, solid worker, young guy who's only going to get better. And, um, like, that guy was legitimately trained by Lance Storm. And um, Tony's same dad. thing with the, Tony's dad, uh, you know, known as, <laughs> like, that's his claim to fame. Is Tony's dad. Yeah, right. And um, that's going to be the running Storm joke. Storm from X Men, X Men's illegitimate son. Uh, <laughs> really? So, yeah. I Come on, man. Don't make this worse. <laughs> it's a goofy and, show uh, today. <laughs> then uh, yeah, there was you know some fun stuff spinning out of this and Jeff and Sammy, and that's one thing that's really cool because you know this MGF Sammy thing is not going to pay off immediately. We're going to get more of it, and. We're going to get that Sammy Guevara face turn. Um, you know, I imagine that this is something that they can slow burn for a good long while, maybe even until they get fans back and they're able to do a Sammy face turn with fans. Uh, but that thing's going to be cool. That's one pleasant thing. You know, you see this stuff and it's like, oh, this is going to happen. And it, you can see the logic and you can see like a timeline. And you know, half the time with WWE, even with NXT, like, I don't know what's happening next week. And right now, with New Japan, I know what's happening next week because it's the same thing that happened last week. It's the same fucking match. Every goddamn, you know, show. Like, if you watch those Road to New Beginning shows. So, anyway, really good booking. And uh, Cody Rhodes responding to Shaq. What do you guys think about this? I mean, Red Velvet's the replacement. That's the big news. We kind of assumed that, or at least I did because of the direction they've been going with this, but the whole thing was set up to be Cody and Brandy versus Shaq and Jade Cargill as this big celebrity match. Uh, hopefully Red Velvet can, you know, carry, you know, or Cody can carry, you know, like Shaq, he was an athlete. Like, I can't really, you know, I can't really say he still is an athlete. I don't know, but he's a very big man and it's going to be very hard. He's not a very mobile man anymore. Probably he's just huge. And it's going to be hard to pull this off. I don't know what Jade Cargill is like as a wrestler. Uh, this just seems like a really tall challenge for, for Cody. I mean, I uh, agree 100%. I, I don't. I mean, it's a gimmick match, obviously. We're not looking for a whole lot. I'm sure Shaq will probably do some clotheslines, maybe, maybe a leg drop or something here or there. I don't want to see Shaq wrestle. Uh, I, I, I'm a... You know, as the resident NBA expert here on the podcast, um, <laughs> dude, I, I'm sitting right here. <laughs> Asshole. I, I was, you know, I I watched Shaq's entire career. I I've always liked Shaq. You know, even when I hate the Lakers and hated Kobe, I never really hated Shaq. Um, I don't want to see him wrestle at all. I get that you need to do this to get some eyes on the product. I guess. I don't know if these are the eyes that you want on the product. I don't know how many people stick around for this. You know, like they might tune in to watch the Shaq match, and then you they might never tune back in. I'm not looking forward to it. 
I, you know, if I was watching it by myself, I might if I, I might skip past it if I didn't have enough time. What do you think, Jason? I was trying to say you. Well, at least you're a little more towards the gray area. I, I expect very less from the mark over there that loves AEW. So if this was wrapped in WWE, we would all be taking the massive dump on it. So let's not sit up here and make. Con, you know concessions for the fact that this is AEW doing it. It's the same thing that WWE has done time after time, years for years on end, and they just got paid another billion dollars for the network for it. So let's not sit up here and call this any different than what Bill just said. A, this is a gimmick match for B casual fans to look on the product and see Cody has got to do a lot of the carrying we have not seen Jay Cargill in any sort of match we haven't seen Shaq in a matching since God knows when I'm going to be nice and say at least five years if not ten and Red Velvet is pretty fucking green for being red so the bottom line is this you can throw that shit out there if you want to but I will be the first one to tell you if this was WWE we would be taking a massive dump on it and the fact that you two are kind of like eh I don't know no man bullshit this is a horrible fucking idea they should have dropped this shit long before the one Brandy got pregnant, this angle should have ended, and you start figuring some other shit out. They've done it before, and it hasn't been a problem. But now that you're going to go down this rabbit hole, I want this shit to be a goddamn train wreck. Well, here's the thing. like, You don't want it to be a train wreck, because you want, like you said, people's eyes to be on the product, and you want them to at least appreciate it enough to come back, and you want that because you want the company to do well, because you want better wrestling and better competition i want wwe to do better i shit on them all the time because they have the resources they just suck but i don't shit on wwe for bringing in celebrities i mean that's just things that you do and i don't expect even a three-star match out of this thing at all but i'm not going to shit on them for bringing Shaq in it's not for me like and it's not me being an aw mark like dude like i don't really care about this match but if it pumps their ratings up and it gets them more money and they're able to hire more talent and give people more money, I mean, that's fine. Like, I don't see, it's not for us. Like, you know, we both, like we've all said, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, you don't want it to fail. Like, that's just obnoxious. No, I'm not, look, I'm not saying that I want AEW to fail. I'm saying that this match is going to be a absolute shit show. Okay, let's just not even gloss around that fact because you've got too many green characters or not characters too many green wrestlers in the ring and cody's gonna have to do a lot of this heavy lifting i just don't see how this is gonna work i I think like if this was wwe that i would be much more apt to shit on it because wwe doesn't wouldn't surround a match like this with a bunch of high-flying badass shit with a with a much better card so you saying that if it was WWE, I'd be shitting on it. Yes, I would be because the main event would be Goldberg versus McIntyre or Goldberg versus somebody else or some other fucking formulaic bullshit. Let me finish. Or some other formulaic bullshit. Meanwhile, this is going to be on the card with Kenny Omega, with Penta, with Phoenix, with John Moxley, with all these fucking badasses that are going to fill up the card so that this can be a popcorn match for me. So, context has to matter 
if we're talking about the difference between AEW putting Shaq in a match and WWE putting the guy from Arrow in a match. Right? Oh, were we talking about the entire card or just the match itself? No, we're talking about whether or not you. Well, you were talking. About okay, so whether let's, or not. So are, let's. So if we're going to talk to, if we're going to talk context, would you shit on WWE if they did this versus AEW doing this. I am less apt to shit on AEW doing this because AEW sur- would surround that match with better shit. Now, WWE would probably make this the main event. That, that, you know what, Jason? It's okay to just be like, you know, sometimes Bill's right. Well, I'm sorry. You're not right in this case because we're that, talking about. Whenever you're arguing with your wife. You're... <laughs> 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 no, even then, they start arguing. I'm like, eh, I'm out of here. <laughs> no, we're talking about match versus match. They're basically the same thing. Okay. If we're talking about the entire card, then, then that's something entirely different. I get your point. I will concede if you're talking card versus card, AEW would do a better job in hiding this particular match throughout three hours versus WWE that does things differently. Mm, Worse. Okay. But they would do things differently. Could it be the main event? It wouldn't surprise me if it would have been. But the bottom line is match versus match, they're the same damn thing. And the okay. Miz would have cashed in on Shaq, even though Shaq didn't. Okay, okay. So that, that's the difference. That's the but difference. Morrison would have handed the briefcase again. <laughs> so then they would have to give it back to him. There you Shaq, go. He'd have to give his ring back to Shaq. It would be, you know. I'll sleep fine tonight knowing that I was right. Okay. Jesus. <laughs> 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 See, this uh, even we, say- just had a, we just had a main event that was very good. Uh, you know, we have this tag team Royal Rumble or Battle Royal next week. Uh, basically, Young Bucks fully implied that if they win, you know, they get to pick their challenger. And the implication was that they were going to choose the Good Brothers. Um, and, you know, we're setting up a little bit of tension, which, again, like, I don't think this match pays off quickly, right? Like, it depends on how long-term this deal with Impact goes. But this uh, this whole Good Brothers Elite thing and then our promotional stuff has legs, right? Like, you ain't trying to give that away next week or beach break or even revolution. You know, I, I say put that off until um, whatever the, what do you call the thing that's in um, the Vegas, like Memorial Day or whatever. Double or nothing. You know, double or nothing. Yeah. Uh, I think that's kind of a more appropriate timeline for that. But uh, man, uh, they, the Good Brothers really cut a great promo before this and really popped me. Those guys are funny. I might start listening to their podcast. Uh, oh, I've listened to it a couple of times. It's pretty good. Yeah, they are like, because Talking Shop of Mania was hilarious, but, uh, you know, they did the whole thing. And we're going to do our favorite thing, which is beat up John Moxley. And, <laughs> and like a play on the beat up John Cena thing. Right. And, oh, I, I died. That was good. Um, anything else that we want to talk about? through uh AEW Dynamite. The main event uh was was really good. Young mm-hmm. Bucks, Young Bucks and the Good Brothers versus the Dark Order, Mox and uh Phoenix come out. I think I wrote down Penta. Uh Yeah, Phoenix came out. I mean, they're like the Young Bucks to me. I can't tell them apart. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Even one with a mask. <laughs> <laughs> one of them was a big star in WWE. Uh, <laughs> by the name, the wrong name all the time. You know, they all look alike. This guy also thinks the Dark Order's not over even after watching that match last night. I can, I can, wait, I can tell the difference between Moxley and Phoenix. 
I would like that to think so. Pretty. I can't tell the difference between Phoenix and Penta. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. I mean, the, is the Dark Order over? Uh, Man, um, that match was like a video game match. It was super fun. Like, you don't think the crowd would have been like nuts for that? Like, Stu Grayson was killing it. It's hard to say what the crowd would be doing. Right. Um, it's, I, 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 I won't say that they're not over. I would say that they're not over with this particular viewer. <laughs> no, that's that's very fair. Now, I, I'm leaning towards Zach on this one. Just Silver and Stu Grayson stand out to me as the guys that really had the big spots in the match. I thought the match itself was good. Um, they did enough to at least get me to be excited for the six-man tag next week. Um, plenty of teases going around uh, I like the way this is being led on. It's just it's not happening fast. I'll just say this, uh, and just to close out my thoughts on AEW: if Santana Ortiz don't win this fucking tag team t- tournament next week, we're gonna have a fucking problem, mm. a serious <laughs> problem. Okay, I'm getting this is getting aggravating. If they can't, what happens if it's uh, Jericho and MJF? Dude, I'm done. I'm done. I'm going to be real fucking pissed, okay? I'm not going to say I'm going to stop watching AEW. Like I said, I was going to stop watching Rolf Goldberg one. But, yeah, I'm going to be a little pissed. This is a golden opportunity to do it. If they lose to the Bucks, then they lose to the Bucks. But, I mean, damn, let's put them back on the map. Any other last thoughts on AEW Dynamite before we get into the Royal Rumble portion of the program? All right, let's get to that. Three counts. One. Okay, so as we warned last week and as we said on Twitter a couple nights this week, uh, we are going to go back and review the 1992 Royal Rumble, (laughs) thought by many to be the best Royal Rumble in the history of Royal Rumbles. So let's just go through the whole card. You guys watched the whole whole thing, right? I watched the whole whole thing. The whole kit and caboodle? Yes, sir. Um, the first match was the New Foundation, which was Owen Hart and Jim Neidhart versus the Orient Express, which was Kato and Pat Tanaka with Mr. Fuji. Uh, New Foundation goes over in 17 minutes. What did you think about this, Jason? Watching this with fresh eyes, I mean, just almost 30 years ago. Yeah, I was a senior in high school. Scary. Jesus Christ. Yeah. That sounds like something that I would make a joke about. Except, <laughs> except you're being serious. You were actually a senior in high school 30 years ago. Yeah, it, it was definitely uh, hard to start watching that for 30 seconds. The fashion was the first thing I tripped off of. It was just, I totally forgot how just so bad they did the uh, the new foundation or whatever fashion-wise. Uh, the Orn Express, there's jokes right there that you can have for weeks and months. Uh stereotypical at best the, the match itself was fine it you know it it kind of to me it felt like and i i would have to go back and you know rewatch this to lead up to it it just felt like the the new foundation was just starting to get their legs underneath them this was bret hart breaking away becoming intercontinental champion you know we'll talk about that in a second i mean it was really a basic curtain jerker match nothing too spectacular i gave it two and a half stars Oh, we're giving star ratings. Okay. Uh, I I wasn't sure. I I wrote it down just to be safe. Zach, what'd you think? I didn't star rate anything. I did think this was the best show on, or best card on, oh, Jesus, the best match on the card. 
Um, it wasn't the Royal Rumble, right? Like, uh, Owen Hart totally rules. Um, and I was only seven whenever this aired, so I hadn't even discovered jerking off yet. You know what? Jesus Christ! Zach saying that this is the best match on the card, and you making that face makes me question if you really watched this match. Like, I thought this match was great. Great, I don't... I mean, as far as a 1992 match with a bunch of dudes that were all steroided up that could barely move... Yeah, it was great. Yeah, well, I, I'll stand by my, me rolling my eyes. Go ahead. Go, go, go ahead, Zach, please. Uh, it was definitely probably the most modern match on the card. Fair yeah. enough. You know, Owen Hart was – Owen Hart fucking ruled in this I'm match. not disagreeing with that part. Yeah, you know, you had the heat, you know, that garnered actual heat, you know, like that kind of interference that with Mr. Fuji that actually got you mad about Mr. Fuji and not just like a groan-worthy – you know, thing which is indicative of a lot of interference uh, in a lot of promotions. Like I groan every main event in New Japan. Like I said, like it's the same match and it just sucks. Like and that's coming from like that's my favorite promotion, but um, shit sucks. And when shit sucks, it sucks. But uh, but this is you know you got real heat and I think part of it you know is that time period. It's just so cool to see these large crowds that actually like you know kayfabe was still alive too. Like uh, to varying degrees. Like. You know, but certain aspects of KFA were very much alive. Uh, but yeah, this was um, this was a cool match. Yeah, I loved it. Um, I didn't give it a star rating either. But if I was going to give it a star rating, I'd probably give it like a three and a quarter or something. Like I, I just thought it was a really fun match. It was uh, kind of basic. It was kind of basic in that Owen Hart was kind of the high flyer and Jim Neidhart was the the heavy that came in behind him. But man, Jim Neidhart's shit looks like it hurt. Like he was, yeah. he was, he was really uh, beating some dudes up. I, I had a I lot. Think you got to give it an extra quarter star for those uh, checkered parachutes. <sighs> it's so weird to watch this stuff now, and this this might seem obvious, but if you haven't gone back and actually watched stuff like this lately, it's so weird to watch it now and see how it all seemed like way less complicated. And so much better in terms of the storytelling in the ring. It's like, and I'm I'm talking about basically about WWE here. We're like, WWE has somehow like narrowed its match style down to like where almost every match is the exact same, be it a tag team match or a or or a singles match or a triple threat. It's always. The babyface working from under, the babyface working from under. And that is not the way that this match didn't seem to have uh, a structure like that. You know, it was real back and forth, back and forth. And it was simpler, and it just seemed to me like it worked more. I had a bunch of fun with this match. Um, Rowdy Piper, Rowdy Rowdy Piper defeats the Mountie uh, for the Intercontinental Championship. Uh, Piper and Mountie both cut incredible promos before this match <laughs> that probably lasted about as long as the match. The match was five minutes and 22 seconds. What do you think about Zach? Yeah, the match was what it was. There was a whole lot of stuff. Um, I went back and read the Observer newsletter around this time because I was just interested to see, like, what the vibe was, like, overall. And I guess, like, so Brett had lost the title. You know, they had actually said he went into the ring with a fever lost the title. He was, like, running, like, 104 fever or something. But, like, Brett was supposed to go to WCW, which is wild, which I didn't even realize back then. 
because we know about the Attitude Era and like this Montreal screw job and stuff. But that's why they took the title off of him. And then he ended up not going, and uh, he ends up getting the title back at WrestleMania, which I will say, like you mentioned, like the booking being simpler, absolutely refreshing. And what was refreshing is I watched this 92 uh, WrestleMania last night at work. I put it on because we were so slow because it snowed. And all the storylines, like, lined up and, like, made sense. And, like, Royal Rumble progressed to WrestleMania. And that WrestleMania was awesome. Like, go watch it, like, after you watch this. Because it was one – like, I hadn't watched it in a very long time. But it was WrestleMania 8. Shit was great. It was one of the better ones that I can remember. But anyway. Maybe we'll do a WrestleMania throwback and just watch the fucking 92 WrestleMania, too. Yeah, whenever WrestleMania time comes. Yeah, for the but, show. Uh, yeah, it was good. It was fun. But uh, but yeah, like uh, anyway, I only mentioned that if you want like a little kind of inside scoop because I was like, oh yeah, Piper Intercontinental Champion. I knew that he'd had it for a little bit, um, but I didn't remember this Mountie thing like going on. But <laughs> Mountie, like I don't know, it's just fun. I've been throwing these late '80s, early '90s stuff up. I had watched this recently anyway before because I've been throwing it up at work. And, like, the amount of people that stop and, like, talk to you because it's, like, their childhood, like, memories and stuff. And WWF was so cartoonish and so over the top that it was just great. I mean, it was, like, it was, like, watching, like, big cartoon characters. Like, Bill said, they're all roided up and they're just, like, larger than life. And it's just so different. Like, just so different. But anyway. I don't really remember the Mountie when I was a kid. Uh, I really liked the Mountie here. The Mountie, the, Mountie was, the Mountie was really good. Uh, uh, I should also point out, you know, and now we can, we can start to have a Heenan conversation, even though I think he's going to get brought up uh, uh, quite a few times in the next few minutes. Heenan playing down Bret Hart's 143 fever <laughs> by continuing to say over and over again that he has had a 113 degree fever. <laughs> And Monsoon being like, you'd be dead. He's like, I felt a little sick. <laughs> like, And he kept driving it home. Was I, I mean, we can get into the Heenan oh, thing shit. right now. This was so much fun to watch from front to back because Heenan and Gorilla Monsoon never stop, and they were perfect together. Just, you I mean. The, I it, feel like they're the pinnacle for me for a two-man booth. You know, I grew up with JR and and Jerry the King, which are right. great in their own way. Right. But before that, I as a kid, I grew up with Gorilla and Brain. And what, re-watching that stuff as an adult, I think they're just the best. They're even better than you remember them, actually. And I don't think that's nostalgia. I think if they were doing that today, because they're pretty over the top, too. But, man, Heenan's character as being the heel... It's it, he is so relentlessly consistent in his attitude the entire three hours that he's on the show. I mean, it's really something. It it was. I, I'm not. I don't think that I'm being hyperbolic to say that they made the show. They were incredible. Like they oh, yeah. they are incredible together, and they had such chemistry. And Monsoon would just he'd get so mad at them for saying shit. <laughs> and Monsoon was, and he was selling it too, man. He, Will he, you stop that? Oh <laughs> man, he was so good. 
and he and Heenan just talking about Flair the entire time, and him talking about how he's gonna like Monsoon's like you're gonna sneak back there and see where where Flair's coming in the Rumble. He's like, no, I'm not. I gotta go to the bathroom. <laughs> uh, what did he say about? I also appreciated Roddy Piper saying that the Mounties been dreaming about like, me, but most of them have been, been wet. wet. I was like, oh, yeah. I'm like, okay. Promos are outrageous. Outrageous. And Ogre, oh, he goes, he goes, uh, he goes, you're saying you have more integrity than me? He's like, that's Jacques Cousteau trying to go to the ocean and finding a dry spot. (laughs) (laughs) I ain't got no integrity. I'm like, man, these motherfuckers is crazy. Incredible stuff. No, it was, and this is when. People are talking about, like, you know, promos, just to segue into this part. People talk about promos and, you know, guys can't cut promos, you know, in 2021 or whatever the case may be. Guys that were doing those promos weren't being told what to do. They were told this is what you need to talk about and go out there and talk about it for two minutes. And they just cut these great promos. And I think a lot of it is going back to we've gotten away from that and, you know, basically told these guys, this is what you have to say. Memorize these lines. And that doesn't work for everybody. You know, Ricochet is a great example of a guy that's fed lines that usually just don't work for him. You just need to let Ricochet just talk. You know, say what's on your mind type shit. He did uh, a, a little promo on, you know, look like it was his phone or whatever. That was one of his best promos I've ever seen. And that's kind of the reason why, you know, WWE grits my teeth from time to time is that they had something that worked so well. And then over the course of time, for whatever reason, they gotten away from that. But no, I I think that, like I said, to me, Piper and the Mountie for a lesser degree, but Piper for sure, especially just in this segment we're talking about he kind of made the match a little better just talking about it number one the second thing i wanted to talk about going back to baby faces being stupid when mounty beats bret hart and then jumped in post-match piper made the save so that sets up this match so piper's going to check on bret hart and he turns his back on the mounty and then what happens the mounty jumps him and this is 1992 okay so that's what i'm saying you know don't get me wrong there are some good baby faces that I like, but for the most part, they just are not very fucking smart. Uh, up next, we had the Beverly Brothers, who I don't remember at all, uh, with the Genius against the Bushwhackers. This was a 15-minute match, which is a really long match. For... They should have traded times. Piper and uh, oh, shit. <laughs> Mountie should have went 15. This should have went five. I don't have much to say about this match other than I don't remember the Beverly Brothers. Uh, I don't remember Jameson, who was uh, the Bushwhackers manager, but man, Heenan was riding the fuck out of Jameson, man. So funny. That was the whole reason that this match was bearable. Oh, at least I'll just I'll go this far up to the Royal Rumble itself. These matches were pretty non consequential. Even the title, uh, the tag team title match, didn't really make me uh, get excited. But this is where Gorilla and Bobby Heenan earn their money because they at least 
kept me interested enough to make me want to listen to what Bobby was going to say next, who he was going to run down next and see how quickly Gorilla defended it. That part was good. Like I said, these front four matches, eh, not so much. I don't want to spend the whole podcast just doing Bobby Heenan lines because I just watched it today. But, man, him talking about Jameson and his parents abandoning him and saying his parents never really got divorced, they just were sick of the kid, and that that his mom <laughs> wrapped his lunch in a road map. I was, <laughs> I was, I was just dying, man. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, you cannot just, get away with stuff like that in 2021. What he said about Tito Santana, the Royal Rubble, I was like, oh yeah, you definitely can't see oh, that I shit. Oh, I might have missed that. What? But I you think I remember it. He was uh, somebody was kicking uh, Tito Santana. He was like, you know. Bill Vegas making guacamole out of Tito Santana. And <laughs> like a couple minutes later, he hits the flying forearm on somebody who's like, you know, El Matador with the flying jalapeno. I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> what were you going to say, Dude, Zach? Something else, you, something else you can't get away with. Like, I don't care if it was 1992 or what, like, or how big of a wrestling fan I am. Bushwhacker Luke, you ain't licking my kid. <laughs> like, you want so many kids. On the way down. <laughs> you ain't lying. <laughs> you might as well just be sitting in kindergarten room with 25 kids. Just let them start coughing on you. See how that works out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pandemic aside, I mean, like, dude, you cannot, like, just walk up to a stranger's child and lick them from neck to ear. Hell like, no. <laughs> Oh man, <laughs> that's so funny. It's the truth. Uh, I don't think we have to talk about. Do you want to talk about natural disasters versus Legion of Doom? Not particularly uh, now. I didn't like the finish because it was like a totally like cheap finish um, with the you know huh. count a out count out situation. finish in 1992. What are they doing in 2021? Count out finishes. God damn, like, these uh, motherfuckers get paid a billion dollars for this bullshit. I do gotta say, yeah, that's true. I do have to say, uh, I love John Tenta and like always have a soft spot for uh, for earthquake. So, um, but yeah, I mean like it. It's fun to see Legion of Doom, a.k.a. Road Warriors, just because, like, the nostalgia of them just, like, beating dudes up and just killing dudes. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the match is nothing really to speak of, but I do like those guys. All right, let's move on to the oh, Royal... Real quick, real quick. Yeah. Sorry. Yes, we're moving on to the Royal Rumble. But before the Royal Rumble, Jason was talking about promos. They had, like, almost every dude yeah. do a promo... I watched this three times. They probably had like, 10. They probably had 10 dudes do promos. I think there was more. I think there was probably like a dozen or 15. It was a lot. I mean, but throughout the show, you know, there was probably like half the guys did a promo. better promo than like anybody on the main roster. Who, who'd you say? The Repo Man. Oh, I, was, repo man. I thought the same thing. I was like, man, the Repo Man's cutting a pretty good fucking promo right now. <laughs> I thought the exact he, same he, he was thing. until he fucked up the. the the name of the title. I can't remember what he said, but he fucked it up. Outside of that, he was on point, which is scary. I'll tell you what. A good catchphrase is what's mine is mine and, and what's, what's yours, yours is, is also, also mine. mine. I was like, okay, see. Pretty good catchphrase. Okay, that's the repo, man. I hate the character, but I like that shit. <laughs> um, no, I totally agree, Zach, and thank you for stopping me because that what that is one of those little things that just – it just – it was – They've overcomplicated stuff now to such a point 
that they've forgotten. And I, I know this makes me sound or makes probably makes us sound like old men yelling at clouds. Nah, but, get off my lawn, motherfucker. But <laughs> that is just one of those simple things. And when you, when you see it now, watching a television show now or watching a pay-per-view now, you're like, oh, that works. I like watching, I like watching a guy just sell the match about how bad he wants to win, you know? Like, talking about Roddy Piper, I mean, he cut a promo on the Mounties promo right after it, and you know that shit wasn't written. Right. That's just how good the dude was. Right. You know? So, uh, so Ric Flair wins this match. Um, I guess, well, I know my biggest takeaway from it, but, uh, Zach, what was your biggest takeaway from it? Uh, well, I mean, this was the Ric Flair show. Like, I mean, they even talked about Ric Flair. Like you said, Heenan talked about Flair for the entire three hours. Um, so this was totally, like, highlighted Ric Flair. Uh, the craziest thing to me was the, um, like, the ending. Like, I had forgotten how it ended, but, like, Hulk Hogan looked like a total heel. Okay. At the end. And that sets up a match with him and Sid Justice. He looks like a heel because, um... Uh, he essentially helped Ric Flair dump Sid Justice out. They're the last three people. And uh, Hogan's out, and he's mad. So then he basically, like, helps Flair out justice so Flair would win. And uh, that was, like, totally heelish and crazy. But, uh, but, yeah, I mean, this was – he was in there for, what, an hour? It was the longest – you know, it was the record at the time. I don't know what the record is anymore. But um, – he was like number three, number two or three. I have I have it written record. down. It was British Bulldog and yeah, I wrote it down too. DiBiase and Bulldog oh, yeah. were one and two, and then Flair was three, and then a guy named Jerry Sags. That Nasty Boys. Nasty Boys. I don't remember his name ever being Derry, Jerry Sags. Your only claim to fame was like being friends with Hogan. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, never fails. Zach almost said exactly what I was going to say. Is that? The biggest takeaway that was that, I mean, Flair basically sold for an hour. I mean, all he did was sell because he was taking everybody's best shots as they were coming in. Yeah, he got beat up a lot. He got beat up the entire time. Every, I loved it when Greg Valentine came in. and Greg Put the Valentine, four on him. I'm like, what? Yeah, went, went right <laughs> at him, man. He's like, fuck you. And then uh, a couple other people did. Oh, Big Boss Man had a really good part with Flair. Um, what a joy. It was to watch Ric Flair for just an hour against 29 other dudes because he basically had a spot with, with everybody. With everybody. Yeah. I mean, it was really. Terry Rick- Von Erich was the one where I was just oh, like, man. 1983 just flooded back into my mind where I cried where Kerry Von Erich pinned Ric Flair. That's where I was just like, that to me was my biggest takeaway was like memories of, you know, matches past. Or things that were going to happen coming down the pike, like Shawn Michaels and Ric Flair, when they were in the ring together, I caught myself like, holy shit, this is before Heartbreak Kid was even a thing. Shawn Michaels was just breaking away from Marty Jannetty. Uh, he threw you a know, week before a, the week before he just threw Janetti through the uh, the plate glass window. So now this is, you know, Shawn Michaels big foray into, you know, the singles game. And now which here is, he is, is crazy because he ends up retiring. Right. And yeah. Like, and that's, you know, that's what I was thinking, too. I'm like, dude, I'm like, they never would have guessed in their wildest dreams. Like Flair might have thought it. But Michaels like, now you know Shawn I mean? Michaels like is Michael- probably just happy to be, you know, 
a singles guy for a little bit. Fuck, and he's not thinking about twenty years down the line. He's getting ready to super kick Rick Flair into retirement. So yeah, it, a lot of this stuff was just so you know for me just weird to, to see, weird to think about. You know what has happened, what was going to be, and obviously outside of Naito, Rick Flair is the number one guy in my world, and to rewatch him take out WWE Hall of Famers, you know, uh, enhancement talent, the whole shebang. It was just fun to watch. I loved it when he begged off of Big Boss Man and they poked him in the eyes while he was begging off. Man, smart, man. (laughs) Smartest, dirtiest player in the game. Um, How many guys out of these 30, and I'm looking at the list right now. Now, Jason, I'm I'm sure your answer is zero. (laughs) Damn, he asked the question first. How many guys do you not remember at all? Because I don't remember the Barbarian. I don't remember Skinner. Skinner was one where I was just like, yeah, you know. I didn't remember Skinner. Skinner and the Berserker were the two big ones. And the Berserker, I vaguely remember. I remember the name Berserker. But I like when he came out, I was like, that is not what I pictured him as. Um, like I said, Jerry, I remember the Nasty Boys, and I remember Jerry Sags. I was like, is that Brian Knobs? I was like, oh, it's not Brian Knobs. Um, I guess that's it. I don't remember Hercules really either. Hercules Hernandez, he had, he was in the, he had the chain around his neck, uh, like in the, like the mid 80s or whatever, when they had that, the animated TV show, if I'm not mistaken, he was on the animated TV show. Um, another thing. Go ahead, Zach. I was just gonna say, Berserker and Hercules are the and the Skinner guy. Those are the only guys that I had no recollection of at all. Um, I guess I remember Colonel Mustafa, but not really. He was Sergeant Slaughter's manager when Slaughter turned heel, right around the the nineties or whatever. Yeah. Well, I would. Well, he was with the Iron Sheik here, obviously, but right. the reason I even remember Colonel Mustafa is the fact that, uh, what was it? Mustafa was Iron Sheik's name in this Royal Rumble. So whoever the manager was, I thought you, who we were talking about. That, Never that, mind. That is who I was talking about. Okay, well, yes. then, yeah, then he was Slaughter's manager when he turned heel or whatever. All right, here's another thing that never occurred to me until I was watching right here. Um. God damn, it seems really anti-Semitic to name an accountant Erwin R. Scheister. Dog. (laughs) (laughs) Just fucking straight up they named him Scheister. And nobody said a damn word. (laughs) You might as well just call that dude the N-word. Just kept on moving. Erwin R. Scheister. (laughs) It's not quite the N-word because I've said it four times in a row on the podcast. But it's also not very good. No, not at all. God bless, God bless Mike Rotunda. He just said, fuck it, I'll sign here. Fantastic. <laughs> and I ain't added nobody for it. Get your money, man. It was a it's a very fun Royal Rumble. Is it the best one ever? I mean, if it I guess it depends on your opinion of Ric Flair. If Ric Flair's in your Mount Rushmore, which I think he's in the most smarts Mount Rushmore, he's got to be up there, then it's hard to say that there's been a better one because like we said, it is the it was the Ric Flair Fair show. It was yeah. the Ric Flair show, man. Well, he, and he he does it all. I'll say this, and then we and can. Then he, and then he cuts a killer promo. 
dude, I damn near cried again. <laughs> I'll say this. Um, in the in the age where we're seeing partnership with AEW and Impact, this to me was one of the biggest moments going back in time, 20 plus years, obviously, where you had the kingpin of at least the NWA slash WCW finally leaving to try to take over what was arguably the biggest company, you know, at least in the United States, arguably in the world at that point in the WWE or WWF, I'm sorry. So for me, that's like more significance of why I think I look at this particular Royal Rumble with such fondness because I remember Ric Flair leaving. I remember him going to WWF. I remember me thinking there's no way on God's green earth he's going to take the title off of Hulk Hogan. I mean, it's Hulk Hogan, for Christ's sake. You know, there's just no way. And next thing you know, I look up and he's the champion, obviously, by, you know, dubious measures, which is another thing. I was just like, okay, so now we, what's up with Hulk Hogan? So we just going to pretend like he just didn't pull Sid Justice over this fucking top rope and people are still cheering for him. I'm like, God damn, y'all motherfuckers just so fucking blindly loyal. Another reason why I can't stand WWE, but that's another story for another time. But yeah, this was a nice little throwback for me personally, because like I said, to me, Ric Flair is the GOAT amongst all others. So to watch him win the title in the WWF for a, a moment I thought I would never see. It was a great little hour, little ride back on uh, memory lane, so to speak. Any final thoughts, Zach? Yeah, I mean, I I think I'm going to start watching these again, just the Royal Rumbles, because um, I have the network, and I actually don't have to feel guilty about it anymore, because soon I'll just be a Peacock subscriber and not a network subscriber. There you go. There you go. <laughs> but, um, NBC, NBC's known how known to be so ethical. <laughs> yeah, uh, but uh, this is the first Royal Rumble that I like remember. Um, I didn't watch it; I was just seven. But I remember like the aftermath because like that's whenever I you know was starting to like kind of more regularly watch wrestling and kind of thinking back. I think you know it's the first one that I remember. But I think the first one that I might have watched was like a couple of years later when Brex Hart, Bret Hart and Lex Luger. Um, went out at the same time see i didn't and then i really like, don't remember that one that was 94 and then right after that Shawn michaels won twice in a row and i was a huge Shawn michaels fan see like, i remember that... i begged my mom to take me to like some boat dealership in saint charles or saint peter's just so i could meet him one time and we, just, we missed it we went on the wrong week but anyway <laughs> 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 it was a bummer but uh, but yeah, um, and then right after that, you had Steve Austin's Reign of Terror. So mm-hmm. like you know he won twice in a row. So I'm just like, dude, like I gotta watch these other ones before I can say. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say the star power is a reason why you could say that this is arguably the greatest Royal Rumble. Yeah, and I just want to put out there before we're done that Flair was in there for an hour, but Rey Mysterio. No, I was gonna say in terms of the top five. The top five wrestlers that were in this rumble that oh, were okay. in it the, the longest, it's uh, it's Ric Flair, Roddy Piper, Savage, British Bulldog, and IRS. I mean, yeah, so, that feels right. IRS was kind of hanging around there for a little bit, but I mean, those are those are some fucking workers, though. Man. Oh well, yeah, but I mean, this is this I'm, is the time, the I'm, day and age where you had guys that could go yeah, 30, 35, saying, 40 if minutes. If you're listening right now and you haven't gone back and watched this in a while. It's worth your time no, it was... because it's tons of star power in there. And like Zach said, it's uh, Zach took the words out of my mouth. 
I did not remember Hogan being such a heel at the end, even though Sid Vicious was or Sid Justice was a heel. Right. I mean, Hogan was like, "Fuck you!" I'm yeah. Flair okay. Now, <laughs> say, not, "Oh, you damn sure ain't winning." Not the ending I remember, but uh, well, let's tie a bow on it, and we're gonna get to our 2021 Royal Rumble. That was our three counts. One, two, three. You want to hear some fucked up shit real quick before we do the predictions? Yes. Uh, that Sid Justice, uh, or Sid, yeah, Sid Justice. We're still uh, recording, Hogan by match. the way. You know that, right? Yeah, okay. absolutely. That Sid Justice uh, Hulk Hogan match made a vintage on top of Blair Savage. <laughs> Dude, don't get me started about that bullshit. On top of what? Blair Savage was for the title at WrestleMania 8. And it went on like mid card, mm-hmm. and then they had two two uh, like buffer matches, and then they had Hogan and Sid Justice at the top of the WrestleMania card, even though the best match on the show by far was Flair Savage, and it was for the title. Like, and Hogan just couldn't even not be in even the Royal Rumble finish. It was like so indicative of like, dude, like talk about politic and like. Like a motherfucker. Dude, like, I mean, that's the big dick swinging. I mean, that's that's the that's the CM Punk John Cena story though. CM Punk was champ for what four hundred days or something. Yeah, and he never main evented the he never main evented the pay per view. I don't think. That's I was going to say. I don't think he did. I think it was just Cena, Cena, Cena. I think he always went on third to last. Right. Somewhere in the middle. They had they'd have him, and then they'd have a popcorn match, and then they'd have the Cena match, which. Yeah, I mean, that kind of makes sense is that Savage and Punk, Savage is Punk in this and uh, Hogan and Cena. Okay, here we go. We're going to get into the 2021. Can Royal you say Rumble Hulk Hogan's a bitch? All right. Yes, so Reba, Hulk Before Hogan's we do our Royal Rumble predictions, we're going to do the other matches on the card because there are three other matches on the card. Great. Well, I mean, they are all kind of interesting um in their own little way all right i'll let zach go first zach uh oscar and charlotte flair versus nia Jax and Shayna baszler for the for the uh women's tag team belts who do you got oscar and charlotte um just because i just can't imagine it going any other way really like just doesn't make sense otherwise uh just because of Charlotte being back and it's a pay-per-view, it's a big pay-per-view. Like, I don't know, Charlotte's not losing. And the reason I say it won't make sense is like Charlotte's not going to lose. All right. Jason, who you got? I'm going to double down on that. Uh, they just got the titles on top of it. There's seemingly no reason. I shouldn't say no reason, but there was... Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax, I think, have ran their course as tag team champions. Best choice of words. Um... I would like to think that whoever is going to be the next tag team champion would be one, an actual team, and two, be the team that can use the rub of winning titles off of Oscar and Charlotte to propel them moving forward. So, yeah, we'll go with Oscar and Charlotte for the uh, retain. All right. So, my initial thought was to have Oscar and Charlotte Flair retain. Um, then I started going the other way. What I'd really like to know is which match is going on first. Because there's two Royal Rumbles. I have to think that Charlotte is going to be in the Women's Royal Rumble. Yeah. 
And so I, I don't know if Asuka is because she's the champion. She I would probably say no. She shouldn't be. No. But Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler are. So if yeah. the women's Royal Rumble is going on first. Look then at they you. Could, then Look they at could, you making it all difficult. They could also tell a story where Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler either implode or Charlotte and Asuka have a moment in there. I don't know what's going to happen, um, but I have some inklings that I'm not going to say right now because we have to do women's <laughs> predictions later. <laughs> uh, for no other reason other than we're no longer keeping track of who's the best and who's the worst because I've been the worst forever <laughs> and I'm going to continue being the worst. I'm just going to fucking take Nia Jackson, and Shayna Baszler. Do it! All right, all right, all right. All right. <laughs> Fuck you. All right. <laughs> I'd have to jet out mine trick you into doing it. Uh, Roman Reigns versus Kevin Owens in the last man standing match. I'm going to take Roman Reigns. I'm not even going to analyze this one. Go ahead, Jason. Uh, once again, I will double down on it. Uh, I guess what I'm kind of looking for here, fingers crossed, is the return of one Jimmy Uso to the fold. I think that is the next evolution to the bloodline. At some point, it's going to happen. It's just... The question of when and where Royal Rumble seems like a big enough stage to bring in Jimmy, because God knows, and I'm one of those people that can't do it either. People usually can't tell the difference between Jay and Jimmy. So if you want to, you know, pull a little switcheroo and bring Jimmy in, thinking, making everybody think, oh, it's Jay Uso interfering again. No, it's not. It's actually Jimmy Uso interfering. So you have that going. But either way. Oh, what? You can't tell the difference between, you can't tell the difference between Jimmy and Jay? No, I said that. Jimmy and no, Jay. I, I said that leading up to that. <laughs> I know, but you guys always fuck with me. I, I can't tell the difference between the Young Bucks. You guys fuck okay, with me Okay, wait, 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 wait. Yeah, well, the Young Bucks aren't identical twins. Thank you. <laughs> what? 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 Like they aren't. Yeah. Like all of a sudden, this is breaking news. Wait, what? Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> They're not? <laughs> BFR breaking news. <laughs> Young Bucks, not identical twins. All right, go ahead. All right, so so you're taking Roman Reigns? Yes, sir, I am. All right, Zach, you're up. Oh, yeah, Roman Reigns, um, for sure, 100%. All right, so this is where it gets a little trickier because I think there's a few different ways you could go here. You got McIntyre versus Goldberg. So now you got to start thinking who is going to win the Royal Rumble? And is it going to be Goldberg? Could Goldberg win and then the Fiend come back to try to avenge his loss to Goldberg? Could you have a could you have Goldberg win and then have Edge win the Royal Rumble so then you'll have a spear versus spear match. That's a big match at at uh at WrestleMania. WrestleMania. Um I am going to refuse to believe that Vince is going to do this again this year. I'm just going to refuse to believe it because I'm a purist. God bless you. I'm taking McIntyre. Uh, Jason? I'm not a firm believer in, in God. Let's go like that. But I do believe that there's God does certain things for certain reasons. I'll go like this. This is WrestleMania season, and we're getting ready to at least put some butts in seats down in Raymond James Stadium. 
best way you usually put butts in seats is to give them something that they want to see. Casual fans that are getting ready to cough up ten, eleven thousand dollars a seat don't necessarily want to come there to see Drew McIntyre. Hot ass take. They want to see Bill Goldberg. I think God wants me to take a break from Raw for a little bit. Plus, like I said, I think Bill Goldberg is probably a, a fairly safe bet. We've done this at least twice. I don't see why this won't be a hat trick. I'm taking Goldberg. All right, you're the tiebreaker, Zach. I am going Goldberg uh, because <laughs> this is Goldberg is essentially the Narcan for the heroin addicts. Like you've been watching, you've been wasting your life away watching Raw, and Incredible. you're gonna get that shot in the shot in the chest, and it's gonna wake you right up, and you're back off never doing that shit again. <laughs> Just an incredible take. Just <laughs> let's not act like we ain't seen this before. Your boy has been a victim of it. The feed's been a victim I of just, it. No, I, I just watched this sixty minutes thing about Narcan, and I mean, oh, okay. that is, <laughs> it's one of the funniest jokes that Zach's ever told, and he's told a lot of funny <laughs> jokes. This is true. <laughs> it's, it's fucking hilarious to me. So, all three of us took Roman Reigns, and I'm the oddball out. I took McIntyre. You guys both took Goldberg. I took Nia Jax and Baszler. You guys both took Asuka and Charlotte Flair. Okay, so now we're on to the Royal Rumbles. I would say for the men's Royal Rumble, this is one of the most unpredictable years that we've had in a long time, if not ever. Well, they haven't really done kind of much of a bill for it. They really haven't, but there's usually... One or two guys, you're like, well, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be Roman Reigns. It's going to be Triple H. It's going to be uh, that one year everybody thought it was going to be Jericho, but it ended up being Sheamus the year that we went. Right. Um, but it seems pretty unpredictable right now. So this is what we're going to do for the women's and the men's. We're going to we're gonna pick numbers out for – pick numbers out. Do these have names or numbers? They have names. Okay. So we're going to go the women's Royal Rumble first. So okay. whoever picks first, they go – first and then second third whoever picks third goes twice in a row and then right. it goes back down okay so i haven't looked at these so the first pick is that a j yep first pick is jason second pick is zach and the third pick is bill so jason for the women's royal rumble who are you taking as the number one pick well, I was not expecting to get the number one pick, but I will take it and gladly represent it well, hopefully. Um, Bianca Belair is, to me, the, the safe pick. That would have been the pick if we had done it the way we've done it in the past. I think in either case, you can still get Charlotte and Rhea Ripley if you wanted to go that route. But to me, I think the match that I kind of want to see is more of Bianca versus Charlotte or Bianca versus Sasha. Um, it kind of gets Bailey away from Sasha a little bit. If Bianca won the title, you can easily move into a Bailey-Bianca feud, which we're, they're setting up the blocks for. I'm not a huge fan of the obstacle course segment on SmackDown, but that's another <laughs> story for another time. No. Um, no, it sucks. I think Bianca Belair, to me, has 
this is what kind of what Royal Rumble is kind of supposed to be is the person that is right there on the cusp but just needs that little bump to get them up to the main event scene or at least to the title match. Bianca Belair is there. She just needs that little bump and this is the stage to do it. So I'm going to take my first pick as Bianca Belair. Okay, Zach, who is your first pick? I like that one. I hope it happens. I actually like the obstacle course thing. I'm not going to lie. Just because I thought it made Bianca look real good because she's like a great athlete. But um, anyway, uh, I'm going to have to go with um, somebody who they totally have screwed up this year. And this is one way out of screwing up and also one way to make it seem like they were incredibly smart all year because uh, they knew that they could just beat her down and it wouldn't matter because she's going to come and win the Rumble. But I think Rhea Ripley's going to be a surprise. <laughs> I had my pen on her name. Damn I'm it. like, okay, Zach, stop being Jason. Just say the name. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I swear so. to God, I'm like literally like, yeah, it's Rhea Ripley. <laughs> I wanted that pick. So bad. Okay, uh, so that leaves me with two picks in a row. Back to back. So uh, for the first pick, I'm just going to take Chalk just because I think it's smart. I'm going to take Charlotte Flair. She won last year. Uh, Vince is going to love to put her in the top spot. Uh, He loves to put her in the top spot. Vince loves Charlotte Flair. I mean, there's no doubt. My second pick is going to be another surprise entrant who um, has been on top before. Motherfucker, you're going to take my pick, aren't you? She might be. Uh, she, she's a great actress if you've seen The Expendables 3. <laughs> yeah, damn it, you're taking my pick. <laughs> I'm taking Ronda Rousey. Fucking asshole. Right. I was gonna throw that in there too. That's funny. I thought I was gonna surprise you. Nah, we all say, but here's the bad part about. Well, I'll wait until we're we're all done. But I got the sneaky suspicion that this, this is getting ready to start getting ugly here in thirty seconds. More, this is definitely more fun. Um, okay, Zach, you're up. I am up. All right, so I guess I kind of have to. Like, do I play it safe or do I go hard with this one? That's the tough thing. Um, well, you gotta think. Are, yeah. do you, is the one that you're going hard with somebody that you think Jason or I is gonna steal, or do you think that person will still be around in a couple picks when it's your last pick? That's the tough thing. I, I don't know. I don't know what it would be. So anyway, I guess I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to go with. Yeah, I gotta go with my gut and just go hard. So um, I know this is being this is incredible pod, but. Uh, I think um, she's been gone for a while. You know, fill some steep. She left on top. Let's uh, bring back Becky. Damn you motherfuckers, man. Y'all driving me up the fucking wall with this bullshit. So here's my question about Becky Lynch, though. She had the baby? Yeah. How long ago did she have the baby? (sighs) I feel like this whole year seems like it's taken forever. Yeah, right. I think it was late, uh, late 2020. Wow. So what the hell? It was right when when Seth Rollins disappeared. What they have? A girl. Oh, well, congratulations! I didn't know that. Yeah, I think yeah, it was a girl. I did, I see. I I thought about Becky Baby Lynch. And, I thought about Becky Lynch, and I thought, well, she's not she's not going to be back yet because she must. I thought if she had the baby, she must have just had the baby. 
December 7th. Okay. That's okay. All right. Well, it's pretty I quick. I mean, like, with her being such an athlete, though, I imagine she could probably just come in and, like, not take any bumps and just, like, clothesline. Oscar won money in the bank without even being touched. Hell yeah, they can do that shit. Give her number yeah. 28. She'll slide in. 10 minutes, 15 minutes of work. She's a number one contender. All right. Um, your turn. Kill motherfuckers here, boy. I swear to God. Okay. Because um, clearly Ronda Rousey was on everybody's mind, and Zach took my other pick. I'm going this way begrudgingly because we're running A out of names and B storyline kind of made this possible on Monday night. I'm not a huge fan of the angle, but Alexa Bliss is probably going to have to be in this mix somewhere, especially now with these newfound powers that she has. I don't know if it's the fiend, you know, taking over her body and now she's bulletproof or whatever the case may be but this is two weeks in a row that she's basically made Asuka look like her bitch and that's something to be said I'll take Alexa Bliss as my second pick now you have your third pick too I I I like the Alexa Bliss pick I like both your picks actually so with this third pick we're gonna think a little bit outside the box for someone who probably needs it more than anybody else that we've named up to this point. I shouldn't say probably, but I think that this person needs a little bit of a push. Shayna Baszler has been basically left to nothing since coming up to the main roster. Losing to Becky Lynch is her main roster claim to fame. Biting her is probably the second biggest thing that she's done since she's come up to the main roster. Neither of which has done her any favors in 2021. It's time to get, if we're going to start actually making this a division past the the top four plus Asuka, or I should say the four horsewomen plus Asuka, you need depth. You need to have people that actually legitimately could come in and beat whoever your champion is on WrestleMania this year, whatever it is. Shayna Baszler can do it. Can they put her in position to do so? This could be a position to do so. I'll take Shayna Baszler as my final pick. Uh, I think those are three good picks. Uh, Zach, your final pick. I think whatever whatever Zach takes is going to have a lot of say on what I take, I think. I think I'm just going to have to pick this because they love doing stupid shit like this. <laughs> and if this person wins, it will not be because she dumps anybody out. It'll be because two oh, other people dump themselves out. Don't do and it. That's going to be Lana. I do. You got to say that. Yeah. Uh, that's not who I was going to take, but it's not, a- not the worst <laughs> idea I've heard today. It's not terrible, though, <laughs> uh, just because they do do stupid shit. So I, I'm basically I'm forced to make a decision between Mandy Rose and Lacey Evans. <sighs> okay, but well then that's pretty easy if it's me. Uh whew. I could see him doing it to Mandy Rose. I'm, I'm going to take Lacey Evans. She was the first person I thought of. I agree. So, 
Um, these are who we have. Okay, we're gonna put this up, and we put up the we put up the the beefer stuff last week, but we forgot to make it the polls last for a week, and we only mm-hmm. made it last for twenty four hours. So we'll try to do it differently this time. I but can, I can do that. These are the uh, my picks are Charlotte Flair, Ronda Rousey, and Lacey Evans. I got the blonde squad. <laughs> That's uh, over here. Right. Uh, Jason's got Bianca Belair, Alexa Bliss, and Shayna Baszler. And Zach has Rhea Ripley, Becky Lynch, and Lana. Um, Jason, if you had – so your pick, if you had to pick one person to win, you think it's going to be Bianca Belair. Yes. That would be your number one pick. Yes. Uh, Zach, who would be your number one pick? If you could pick anybody. Um, so, like, Rhea was my number one pick, but I really like – think of Bianca Belair like I would love if she won it um, but I would also love if Rhea won it I think I'd rather have badass Rhea back I think Rhea Ripley wins it that that would that would be my that would be my <laughs> number one pick if we were doing the power rankings or whatever like we used to do my pick would be Rhea Ripley it would make the easiest road to the rematch for Charlotte versus Rhea I have no problem with that but I think Rousey versus Asuka sounds pretty badass, too. Ronda Rousey, Naomi are like the two names that I keep thinking of that aren't on the radar. People we haven't seen in a while that are coming back, especially with no Kofi. You're, they're going to miss oh, that you, Royal yeah, Rumble spot. There, so sure. that's where I think Naomi is a dark horse. I don't think she wins, but I would be I would be stunned if she was not there on Sunday. Absolutely stunned. All right, so let's move on to the men's. Now we're gonna redraw. We're gonna. Re- I can pull. I was gonna say I saw you mix them, but I can pull them so that way there's no. All right, yeah, go ahead. So first pick is going to be Zach gets the first pick. Second pick going to be. I'll take one that's closest to me. Jason. So Bill's got the third pick again. Uh, you know I don't mind it. Uh. I don't like the third pick. I hate being picked last with snake drafts. I like but being in the middle. If you go, if you get the first pick though, you get one, six, and seven. I know, but that doesn't bother me that much. I don't like but the if you first get the third pick. pick. You go third and fourth. In this like scenario, yeah, bang, bang. okay. I like two is perfect. I like being just somewhere in the middle, so that way I can just kind of pick guys off. You are number two. Fuck All you. right, uh, Zach, uh, you get the very first pick now. This is really unpredictable. Let me just say the guys that are announced to be in it. Edge, Ziggler, Sami Zayn, Mustafa Ali, uh, Jeff Hardy, Cesaro, Otis, Nakamura, Sheamus, Styles, Uso, Jay Uso, John Morrison, The Miz, Bobby Lashley, Daniel Bryan, Big E, and Randy Orton. Bunch of possibilities in there. A bunch of possibilities in there. I didn't write that dude's name down. Zach, <laughs> Zach you have the number one pick. Who are you going with? I don't even know, you know, like usually you'd be like, oh, bang, like I got somebody. I already got um, mine. Just don't steal it. This year is steal it. like, but I don't know. I'm sure he's going to steal build, it. It's not, definitely not obvious at all, but I feel like just kind of the growing theme, like what does Vince do? He goes with like what he knows, and uh, I got to go with Edge. Bastard. Yep. That would have been my number one pick. Ditto. Uh, Jason, you're up first. <sighs> uh, you're up next. Well, I'll go like this. I'll tell you what, that promo that Edge had on Raw was really good yeah. and made it seem like it was possible. Possible, yeah, and that's that's half the battle. 
we're going with possibility. They didn't even announced that he was going to be on the show. Like that's something that might have got somebody watching. Yeah, Raw. Th- like, yeah. I was going to say if you, they should have did that last week and been like, you know, Edge comes back, is going to speak next week. You know, tune in to see what he says. Blah blah blah. Um, we were talking about guys that, you know, who, who could the winner of Drew and Goldberg face. But what about Roman Reigns? I mean, there's two titles. So in this scenario, the winner can pick either championship to go after. So that doesn't necessarily mean that the winner has to come from the war side. The winner can easily come from the SmackDown side. Okay. Look, man, he's took my pick. So I got to come up with something at this point. Stop shaking your head at me. Oh, you getting ready to, you getting ready to be mad because I'm getting ready to take your pick. Yes. That's okay. Exactly I apologize. <laughs> I'm going to take Daniel Bryan as my <laughs> second pick. <laughs> it, it makes too much sense. They kind of gotten away from it, but now they're bringing it back to where Daniel Bryan is positioned to where he dropped nuggets where he hasn't won the Royal Rumble, but he's already won. He's had his WrestleMania moment. He's been champion. So this is a scenario where you can get a Roman Reigns match of a credible with an incredible opponent and get him over even more on this nasty heel run he's on, and that way he wins and continues the run through WrestleMania. First pick, Daniel Bryan. Uh, yeah, I, I, Daniel Bryan versus Roman Reigns at WrestleMania is a money. That's a money match, and it's, uh, especially a face Daniel Bryan versus a heel Roman, Roman Reigns. Reigns. It's, a, it's a money match. Um, th- those would have been my first two picks. Um, my my first pick, and I guess I got two in a row here. Yes, you do. Ah, fuck. Um. Okay, so. Um, I'm going to go with Sheamus. I didn't even have him on my board. Even, <laughs> even though, it makes sense. It even makes though, sense. Even though I don't want it to happen. But Sheamus winning and then them telling a story to go from Sheamus, Sheamus versus Drew for the next few months in WrestleMania just, I mean, it writes itself. Agreed. They, he doesn't necessarily have to win the Royal Rumble to get there, but that's who I'm taking. The... Next one that I'm taking is going to be. <laughs> it's like fancy football. I'm over here like, please don't say his name. Please don't say his name. Please don't say his name. I'm taking AJ Styles. Was that it? <laughs> no, it's not. All right. I'm taking AJ Styles just because AJ Styles has never won one. AJ Styles, they, they did a thing the other night on Raw, which they never do. Where they said AJ Styles is twelve and two since coming to Raw. Where they brought up his one loss record on television, which they never do. Which kind of made me think, why the fuck are they doing that? Right. So I'm going. I'm going to go AJ Styles. Uh, Jason, this is like fantasy football. I thought one of two would be on the board, and they're both on the board of guys that I think are possible winners of the Royal Rumble. (sighs) So we're going to take the one that would probably work either way if they wanted to face them up against Drew or Roman Reigns. About a year ago, this guy had a couple of... I guess it was Survivor Series moments 
one against well I shouldn't say that it was one Survivor Series moment one uh, Royal Rumble moment the Royal Rumble taking. moment was against Brock Lesnar the, Royal, the Survivor taking. Series moment was against Roman Reigns I'm going to take Keith Lee as the number two pick alright so I really don't see that happening but it I, like, good. I like it though uh, so Zach you have two in a row here two in a row oh I wasn't prepared for that but I can make it work um so the Keith Lee pick is a good pick. Um, I have to go with um, again uh, Vince. It's like my my number two pick is almost like similar to my number one pick. All right, so you're taking Vince's Vince Vince number two. Is that what he said? He said Vince is no. number two, right? No, I think he said it. Reba, <laughs> <laughs> get, get him. Uh, Going to think, you know, go with what you know, and he just got another two hundred million dollars a year, so he's going to throw about ten percent of that at. Uh, Brock Lesnar to come in and God win the Rumble. Damn it. It, it! It's on my list. It's literally on my list yeah, of it was, guys. It was going to be my last. Uh, good pick. Um, so I get another one. And, man, I don't know if we're getting this far down, if it would happen or not. But it, I think I'll just continue on in the same vein. And uh, I'm just going to throw Lars Sullivan out there. Jesus Christ. What's wrong with you, dude? Come on, man. Don't put that evil on us, Ricky Bobby. I don't think we're going to get that far, but I could totally see it happening. Like, you ain't supposed to say that, man. Ever. I'll, I'll say it. That's a bad pick. <laughs> <laughs> I, go, I wasn't even going to acknowledge the pick, man. Fuck that dude. I had somebody else. I had somebody else to pick before that, but I forgot what it was until I already said it, so I kind of screwed myself. But Jason, I, I did have. Yeah. Are you drinking? Zach? Me? No, I actually haven't drank in, oh, since like the last podcast because I was so hungover. So. Who you got, Jason? Oof, that's some serious shit, man. This. <laughs> Both of my picks are still on. Well, one of my picks is still on the board. The other pick I'm looking at is kind of looking at me. We're looking at each other. What should I do? Both are champions. Both are mid-card champions. Which one do I want to go with? Go with the brother. They're both brothers. Oh, man. They're both brothers. They're both brothers. They're both mid-card champions. One could easily be faced up against Drew McIntyre if you went on the raw side. The other could easily be faced up. He had probably my favorite Drew McIntyre title defense. It was definitely my favorite match by him in a long time. Yeah, it's yeah, Bobby Lashley was is been on a nice little tear lately. Big E's been kind of pushed lately. I'm gonna stick to my guns. Bobby Lashley's name was staring at me. And I was staring at Bobby Lashley's name. I'm going to take Bobby Lashley as my third pick. So I thought about both those dudes, and I'm kind of pissed off. You said both of them. <laughs> I was going to try to surprise you with one of them. You know, okay, so there's, there's, I mean, there's still some options here. I think Big E is an option. I think that him winning would be awesome. They usually has a black guy ever won the Royal Rumble? If I mean, unless you, I, you if you're calling, yeah, I was going to say Rock is the only one I could think of. Black guys never won the Royal Rumble. I also think that uh, Nakamura mm. is a possibility. Yeah, because they've been making him look. He's already good. won though, but yeah, they, all of a sudden they made 
Cesaro start looking good? That's the one I was kind of thinking up to. Which would be the most fun to me. Him and Big E would be the most fun. They would be more fun than Nakamura just because Nakamura's already won it. Right. Um, I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go with the. I just think there's no way that Cesaro is gonna win. No, there's just no way. I'm gonna go with Biggie Langston as my final pick. So what we're looking at here is uh, Bill's got Sheamus, AJ, and Big E. Jason's got Daniel Bryan, Keith Lee, and Bobby Lashley, and Zach has Edge, Lesnar, which. Looked pretty good. I mean, it looked like he was going to run away with Stop. whoever had the best the best picks, and then he went with Lars Sullivan as the uh, last pick. So that's that's the the two polls we're going to put up. Who has the best picks? Who has the best picks? Okay. Those are going to be the two polls that we put up. Uh, it's Royal Rumble week. Where are you watching? You watching the tenders? Uh, yeah, I was going to say safe bet. I should be there. Uh, I should be there like a force. I will be at Tenders. Uh, Zach, it's are, you, are you watching it? <laughs> we going to be fucked up. Invite. Well, you're invited but, uh, to Tenders. Nah, it's all right. I don't go anywhere. Yeah, I was going to uh, say, stop uh, acting like you've all offended. So I'll probably have it on at work because I'll be working. Oh, oh, nice. Good for you. Uh, we got some birthdays. We should do like a Royal Rumble, like some shots for Royal Rumble. Like every, what is it, every two minutes? Yeah, but I mean, sure. Yeah, we, yeah, could, do we could do that every two minutes. Do a shot. A, a shot of what every two minutes? What do you want to do a shot of? I mean, that's a lot of shots if we're going to do a shot every two minutes. Well, it's, not, it's not like we got to go that far. Azima? Sprite? <laughs> uh, I don't even know if I can drink that much soda. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag this is 36. Older, older. Um, uh, we got some birthdays this week. Seamus is going to be 43. Oh, shit. Uh, He's winning a Royal Rumble now. Sen- Sonata is 33. Hardcore Bob Holly is 58. Giant Gonzalez, who gave, for my money, the best Undertaker match of the entire streak, is 55. Uh, Becky Lynch, new mom, congratulations, uh, is 34. Drake Maverick is 38. Fit Finlay is 63. You know what Fit Finlay's real first name is? No. Zach? I actually do, but I can't remember it. It's the same as Batista's. Dave. Duh. Uh, Ronda Rousey. Is thirty four this week? Also, Becky That's Lynch it? and Ronda, Ronda Rousey, their birthdays are two weeks, two days apart. And Brian Cage is thirty seven. Damn, wasted, but not wasted. Hey, everybody, we know there's tons of podcasts to listen to, so we appreciate you listening to ours. True story. For F and B Eatery, check. For Bill's Beard Company, check. For Vice, check. For Murray the Murray Man, Murray for check. Lucha Chris. Check. Uh, fuck it, for Tender Mahal. I mean, check. we're going to party this yeah. Sunday. Yeah, man. buddy. Can't wait. For we get two beers, Zach Bowman, for check. Jason Cornelius Bell. Kibichiwa, I am bitches. Bill Vagy, Black Lives check. Matter. Support check. your local restaurant. Check. Support your local weed check. dealer. And Buy don't GameStop. forget. <laughs> Buy GameStop. <laughs> and don't forget check. to <laughs> food the heels. Woo!